When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It's always game day in Cleveland. Daryl Ryder and Andy Baskin. A quick reminder for you, mobile sports betting, finally legal here in the state of Ohio. BetQL is here to help you make the most of informed bets possible. See all of today's best bets by heading to BetQL.com or downloading the BetQL app. Claim your free three-day trial today. Head to BetQL.com slash news slash 92.3 The Fan for exclusive sportsbook offers. All right, Daryl, uh, you know, it was interesting, and, and we're going to get some hypotheticals here and some awards for the Browns too, but one of the things that Jeff and I have been doing on the on the Daily Show is uh, breaking down, you know, different parts of the team, different players, and just trying to get some kind of a feel or assessment of what guys accomplished last year and where they're going to go in the future and what's going to be better for this team down the road. Well, one of the things that we happened to talk about was the special teams and Mike Prefer. And it's funny, there's this sense of hesitation when we talk about Mike Prefer because I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's already what? It's January 23rd. Is he coming back or not? That's my question for you, Daryl. Is he coming yeah. back next year? It's up in the air right now. As we record this on a uh, full disclosure Monday evening, um, yes. it, it's still up in the air. Um, uh, my understanding is there's going to be some more meetings this week out in Berea re- related to the coaching staff. Of course, Chad O'Shea, who knew he was a hot commodity all of a sudden, interviewed with the Jets and then uh, the Ravens for offensive coordinator uh, jobs. He's the re- uh, grand. He's the receivers coach slash pass game coordinator for the Browns, whatever. I, the Browns are the king of meaningless titles. Like Andrew Berry's title is executive vice president of football operations in general. Who gives a crap? You're the GM. What do you need a fancy title for? I feel sorry for the dude that's got to do the door plate for the office. All the characters that they got to paint. Just call yourself the GM. Are you that important that you have to have such a long, fancy title? Okay, sorry. That's my rant of the day. Um, anyway, back to Prefer. Uh, yeah, don't know yet. We'll see. More meetings. Not 100% that he stays. Not 100% that he goes. I would uh, not deduct the question, Andy, but I'd probably say right now it's 50-50. Why do you think it's 50-50? I mean, we're still sitting here. and Are they waiting for the season over? Is there some kind of special teams guru that's out there they're waiting for to end the season, and if they can't get them, then they're going to stick with Mike Prefer? What, why? Well, why wait? Well, think of the timetable that typically happens, right? They, they spent the first week plus looking for a defensive coordinator, so they got that taken care of, got Jim Schwartz in before some of these other coaching staff started to fill in, right? 
Uh, and that's the other tentacle to this. There's there's so many head coaching jobs that are still out there. And the, and the big reason why is because these teams are waiting for clubs to get eliminated for the playoffs so they can, can not only go deeper in their interview processes, but ultimately hire people. Um, so there, there's that part of it. The, the other part of it, too, is the evaluation process that you go through. Um, with all due respect to special teams, I don't think that's the first thing the Cleveland Browns evaluated this offseason. So uh, I, I think, obviously, defense first up, right? Because they made the change at defensive coordinator, got the new guy in. You've got to pick apart your offense a little bit. There's changes and adjustments that you're going to have to make on that side of the ball to better kind of cater to Deshaun Watson um, a, a little bit. Uh, it's not going to be run first anymore. It's probably going to be a, a pass first uh, and and then use the, the play action. But um, you know, now you're into what week three of the off season. Now's a good time to, you know, uh, take a look at special teams. The other part of this too, Andy is remember who we're talking about and dealing with Paul D Podesta, Andrew Barry, Kevin Stefanski, all very like, they're the antithesis of me. They are flatline, non-emotional, patient, in, patient, intellectual, let me check out my spreadsheet. Let me grab the analytical data and look at some things. You know what I mean? Like, so it's it's a different bunch out there. And and so they're not going to make any knee, you know, knee-jerk emotional decision uh in that regard. So you sit down this week, you 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 finish combing through your coaching staff and uh make decisions, not just with prefer, but even some of the defensive assistants too. Um you know, you make some decisions about guys that you either want to retain or you want to have move on. Uh, and this is, I think, the perfect week to to accomplish that. All right. So if we had to evaluate the special teams, I, look, I can make an argument for Mike Prefer to come back. And here's why. I, look, you unless he jumped on the table for Cade York in the beginning of the year and said, we've got to draft this guy as the greatest kicker in the history of the game. And he said, I'll put my job on the line for Cade York. I, I don't see, you know, Mike Prefer doesn't make the kicks. Now, were there problems in the beginning of the season? Yes, but I'll always say this about special teams. The fact is special teams are made up of guys in the NFL that probably never played special teams their entire career, except for maybe the beginning of their college experience. Because let's face it, special teams are guys you don't want to get hurt and guys that you wouldn't normally call your specialists. Or you wouldn't call your you would call them your starters, and you don't want to put them in the role. So I think, you know, I, I liken special teams to the bullpen guys. They're fickle. You never know what you're going to get every year, and you've got coaches that have got to evaluate and put them together each and every season. Now, I also thought that when they decided to do so, I, I, you know, York is one thing. Um, Bjork has, I thought, had a pretty good season. You know, when you look at the fact that he averaged 48 yards per punt. I thought he did a nice job this year, and I, I don't have any complaints with Bjorkes, with Corey Bjorkes. The fact that they finally, at the end of the year, and the second half of the season, decided to put a guy like Donovan Peoples-Jones back to return kicks, I thought that was monumental because you were taking a player of substance and putting him into a position because you knew your field position game wasn't going the way you wanted it, whether it was on punt returns or kickoff returns. They upgraded that spot with quality players towards the end of the season, and we saw an uptick on that. Am I still mad about the Jets game? You bet your you-know-what I am. 
There was no excuse for losing that game. And at the end of it, I, I my fingers are right at special teams. But, you know, things happen. And I also thought it was weird that during um, – which game did they try an onside kick on Sunday? I can't There were only three successful onside kicks all season long. I was just about ball. to mention that. I saw the stat over the weekend. Couldn't believe like that. 50 so, plus onside kicks. Only three were successful. And of course, one of those had to be against the Browns. So, but my point is, I could make an argument for Mike Pree for staying if that's what they wanted to. But, you, you know, again, it's about resources, it's about doing that. But if you want to change a culture or you don't think he did a good job coaching or he didn't fix problems, then you have to say to yourself, okay, we need to switch coaches. But I, I could see the argument either way on this. I'm not surprised Prefer's not, hasn't been let go. In fact, I won't be surprised if he sticks around. What do you think? Why did it take so long to get, get Donovan Peoples-Jones returning punts? Jerome Ford, that was injury. So, you know, he did a nice job returning kicks this year. Um, I agree with everything uh, that you said in regards to making the case for Prefer to stay. You also forgot he's very good in front of the cameras and microphones. Dude loves to talk. <laughs> and he's so you very, should want him to stay. And he's very good at it. Um, but um, early in the season, special teams, it, it's similar to the defense, Andy. The season was lost in the first eight games. They were cooked. Meanwhile, Pittsburgh and Jacksonville, after slow starts, they rebounded and, you know, Pittsburgh almost made the playoffs. Jacksonville did make the playoffs. And I think that that's the other thing, too, is, is I mean, they, they were cooked in the first eight games when they started, or actually seven games. When they started two and five, that was your season right there, right? Um, they ended up finishing the year five and five uh, to get them to, to seven and ten. But down the stretch is great. But when they needed to be on their A game, they weren't, man. I'm going to throw one more thing at you. Jakeem Grant, too, on special teams. Yeah. We got hurt in the beginning of the season. And, you know, well, pre got him. Yeah. That, that might change things, too, you know? Yeah, first couple of days of camp, he went down. So there is a case to keeping him, but there's also a case to to making a change. And, um, and again, this is no disrespect to special teams or special teams coordinators, but your priorities and coordinators and in, in dealing with them or your offensive and your defensive coordinators first, those guys will always take priority over the special teams coordinators. Um, the Browns have been fortunate over the years to have some really good ones. One of my all time favorites was Chris Tabor. I thought Me he too. Just, I thought he was awesome. I, I mean, it, there was a reason he survived 20 coaching <laughs> changes. Um, he Cockroaches just, and Chris Tabor would survive a nuclear war. Yeah. I, I mean, he just was one of the best. Look, look, I I mean, look what he did for Josh Cribs, right? And again, this is no disrespect to Josh, but like this is a this is an an unknown, undrafted free agent from Kent State that Chris Tabor turned into a Pro Bowl returner. You know what I mean? And yes, you get you give Josh his flower for having the physical talents and, and doing it, but like I think Chris Tabor had a lot to do with Josh Cribbs on the field uh, success and kudos to, to Cribsy for, um, you know, recognize, yeah. rec you know, uh, reaching that potential. Okay. Um, the best coaches get the best out of their players. And there's no question that he got the best out of Cribs. Um, I don't know that Chris Tabor gets the best out of his special teams unit, just like we already established that Joe Woods didn't get much out of his defense. So those, that to me is, 
you know, obviously there's stuff that goes on in the building that we have no idea about, you know, behind the scenes. So if they do make a change at special teams, I think it's going to go far deeper than just the end result on the field. All right. So that'll do it for special teams. And uh, I want to come back and we're going to wrap things up too. I've got a great hypothetical that Daryl absolutely hates. And we're going to talk about some awards for the Browns. It's all straight ahead. And it's always game day in Cleveland. If you like what you're listening to, well, subscribe to the podcast. Or if you want to hit us up on social media, you're always welcome to game day CLE. That's the place to go if you're on Instagram or Twitter. We're back. Next week.